The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Today is Thursday, September 20, September 30th. Jeff Erickson. No, I can't even get the date right. How can I do my leagues right? Hey, Jeff Erickson here. Uh, as always, we are sponsored by WinBet, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Uh, my guest today has perhaps the greatest fantasy baseball, not even perhaps, is having the greatest fantasy baseball season ever. Just, he's, he's leading the main event, the NFPC main event. He's third overall in the NFPC main event. He's leading the auction championship overall as well. He, he's leading many numerous NFPC individual leagues. He's the great Phil Dusso. Phil, welcome. Congratulations. Such a great year so far. I'm, I'm thrilled to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm great, Jeff. Thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. So first thing I have to say is, how did you, you, know, how did you do this? I mean you, you, I mean, you had some success last year, but you're killing us. Is, it's, you don't even have one league that you're not cashing in. What's going on? Um, it's been a great combination of um, everything just working out, fitting together. Uh, a lot of luck. Um, but in, in the past few years, I noticed I, I struggled with the pitching. And I spent, I want to say, 50, 100 hours working on my formulas, looking at stats um, last offseason to figure out how to get the pitching right. And this year, it's uh, it's what really made the difference. I got most, if not all, my pitching right uh, in, in all my leagues, and it's it's been a difference maker. Oh, I gotta imagine. I mean, we all have mistakes, though. That's the thing. You, you know, you gotta figure. We, you know, we have one league where everything goes badly. You know, you have a bunch of injuries. You're wrong about a couple of key players. You don't have a single one of those. Have <laughs> leagues. How is this possible? It's that's the thing that's, that blows me away. Is it's the consistency, league after league after league. Yeah, I've had in the past. I've had some some teams that were uh, a lot of teams that were competing, um, but I always had that one team that finished uh, eighth or twelfth, or that just nothing worked and there's nothing I could do. Um, a big difference this year is I, I I hit on the late pitchers. My and I guess I had Musgrove and Gosman in the in the middle rounds. I had Ray Minor and Cease, and then the later rounds. And then really late, really late, I had uh, Webb, Logan Webb, Mats, and Weaver. So probably six out of those those eight hit, and they're the guys I had on at least half of my team. So when you hit on those guys, if I had a, I had teams with Bauer, teams with Degrom, but 
if you're replacing guys like the Grom and Bauer with Cease, Mats, Ray, and you're avoiding the, the, the waiver wire, um, that's what makes the difference. Because if, if in the previous is when I thought guys got hurt, you look at Fab and you're looking at Espino, Fetty, all those guys, and that's where the blowups happen. But when you have a when you have starting pitchers on your roster that can that can just fill right in, um, it it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, it's a huge difference there. Well, let's talk about some of those pitchers individually there. You know, one of the things that you said in your article with Travis Sawchuk uh, is that you were able, you, you might be better equipped to ignore pre-existing biases because you don't have as many pre-existing biases. You are relatively new to fantasy baseball the last five, six years. Uh, and, you know, before that, you were more of a football guy. So Robbie Ray for me is a bias. <laughs> I, I was like, never Robbie Ray. Yeah. What attracted you to Robbie Ray this year in your leagues? Um, Robbie Ray was high strikeouts on a great team. So there's four categories for starting pitchers and two of them were locked in pretty much. Um, Jay signed them to a contract. They were going to let him pitch. So, um, if he just went back to being that guy who, um, walk four guys per nine, he was worth his draft costs. And then that sort of was out hoping for, um, maybe 200 strikeouts, 12 wins of four, 4.2 ERA, which is the guy he's always been other than last year when he just struggled with the walks. But um, that was just a short season. So, um, And then there was the dream season where if he can fix the walks, he can be a top five, top 10 pitcher. And that's what happened. But based on his draft cost, I was looking for strikeouts for wins and then, okay, ERA, um, maybe just playing in good matchups at home, um, avoid the Yankees, the Red Sox. But turned out he uh, he fixed the walks and he uh, he was home run pick, <laughs> right? And you didn't have to avoid the Yankees or the Red Sox even. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, worked out pretty well. It helped that the, the Jays were backloaded a lot of their schedule too. So when he was working on fixing the walks, he wasn't facing them. You know, he was he was facing perhaps lesser opponents. That helps. But I mean, it, that 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 pick is such a home run. It gives you such a great. You know, you lose to Grom and it doesn't crush you as much. And I know yeah. you had a lot of DeGrom in your teams. I only had one in that in that oh, okay. uh, first overall main. And I actually, I was the third pick and my target was Cole. I just wanted Cole. I was assuming DeGrom would go and either Acuna or Cole would go too. Um, so I was hoping for Cole, but DeGrom slipped. I didn't have him anywhere. I had a bunch of Cole, so I figured I'll, I'll go with DeGrom. And it, I mean, I take him again there knowing that I have the depth in pitching. Because um, when DeGrom got hurt, I replaced him with uh, with Ranger Suarez, who's been pretty much as good as Degrom um, over the past uh, month and a half or two months. So that that lineup spot probably gave me a sub two ERA all year long. So um, if you have to replace him with the with the with the pitcher in Fab that you're looking for two starts or decent matchups, you just can't find those guys. Um, Except you did. You found Suarez. Yeah, um, I had him as a closer. And when I had him, I needed saves. And then when when they moved into rotation, I was upset because I needed the saves. And then I'll figure, ah, I might need the depth in pitching. I, and I lost the Grom, and then I lost Pablo Lopez around the same time. So I figured I'll keep him just in case. And the depth, I can keep one guy for depth. And I thought Suarez probably has a better chance to give me safe volume than hoping the Grom would come back. Um so yeah, that that haven't worked out pretty well. I'd say so. I'd yeah. say so. Uh, with Degrom, what are you going to do with him next year? Um, avoid until I see him pitch in spring. 
Okay. Um, I'm I'm pretty big believer that if once I see a guy is healthy is, is healthy in spring, I'm okay with drafting him. Um, I know there were warning signs with with Darvish this year with the Grom, um, but they they were both healthy in spring, so I had no problem drafting them. Um, if until then though, um, he's in a void, especially pitchers with with arm, elbow, and whatever else injury he, he might have had. Um, I'll, I'll be avoiding him until then. That makes sense. How many early drafts do you do? Um, last year, I started best balls. I, I I did nine best balls this year. I try to go do best balls and then switch to Roto because they're different um, different mindsets. Best ball, you just take the best player pretty much. In Roto, you have to worry about the categories. Um, usually, I start my Roto drafts in mid-February, early March, um, and I do best balls before then. So you don't do a whole lot of draft champions then? No, I do. I did the two super draft champions that uh, Mike the Mouth organized this year. I ended up one thousand dollar draft champion as well. And those usually, yeah, those are mid February, um, late February. So that's when I start my my big drafts. Gotcha, gotcha. There. Uh, let's talk about prep. Uh, and I think everybody wants to know about Bill's <laughs> prep because obviously you had to put mounds of time in to kind of study these pitchers, study the players, figure out your draft strategy. You are known as the robot here. Yeah. Uh, you know, so let, let's figure out how do we, how does one program the robot? Um, I'd say the biggest difference last off season, I spent 90% of my time looking at stats from 2015 to 2018, um, trying to build formulas because we didn't know how to deal with, with the, the two month season. So I looked back at uh, August and September from 2015 to 2018 to see how those stats helped predict uh, the full seasons in 2016 to 2019. So basically trying to replicate the short season um, using data we already had. So um, what does a 3.0 Sierra mean over two months uh, in August and September from a guy who had no track record? So I look back at things like that or uh, and it might it like my formulas are really complicated, a bunch of things on there. So I don't even know exactly, but it's it's one of those things that might lead me on to Robbie Ray where there might've been pitchers in the past who had a huge walk rate in, in, in a two month sample. But before that, it wasn't that bad. So it's sort of um, looking at past data to figure out what, what matters and what doesn't in two month sample and then trying to apply that to, to this year. Um, and that was, I think, one of the biggest differences for me this year is guys like you, um, who've done this for a long time, know a lot more about baseball than I do. Um, you said a lot. You didn't know where to start. You had like a three-month sample. How do you uh, – sorry, three, you do the three-year weighted average, but how do you weigh um, last year compared to the others? You sort of right. guessed, but you didn't know. So I was just trying to look at what can two months uh, tell me from, from past seasons. Um, I like that. I like that. And I think that's gr a great point. And by the way, that's going to be an issue again next year uh, when we're doing projections and doing rankings is still, how do you weigh 2020? Yeah. Um, it's still an issue there. And I, it sounds like you had a creative way to address that there. Uh, it must take a lot of time. So did you like take two month samples at a time from each of those seasons? And or how, when you say like, how, how did uh, the two month sample work? How did, what exactly does that, how did you do, go about doing that? I, I assumed August and September represented the short season uh, okay. just because they're the last two months. Um, so basically I used um, steamer, let's take 2015, for example, I used uh, steamer from before the 2015 season, 
combined with the last two months of the 2015 season to project 2016. Um, okay. So I try to big, build regressions, things like that, uh, to figure out what, what matters and what doesn't. So basically just assuming the first four months didn't exist um, in those years. Um, and then it turned out I was using 75% of the stats in the two months um, and only 25% in the steamer before the season started. So the, the two-month sample told us a lot, but you just had to look at the right stuff. Um, obviously, ERA doesn't matter in two months, but things like Sierra, XFIP, strikeout rate, walk rate, and all that stuff can, can matter in, in two months. So just combining all that stuff together. Right. You must be a pretty adept uh, spreadsheet programmer. or a programmer Yeah, Excel is my thing. I know uh, guys like Derek Hardy use uh, more complicated um, database programs, but I've been using Excel since I was probably eight years old and self-taught. And it's it's the, it's the one tool I, I love to use. And I know a lot. Um, a That's lot nice. Nice. Can, can uh, someone getting started on that kind of pick up? How, how does one teach yourself how to do better using Excel? Um, I mean, I started when I was so young, so I don't know if, if I just caught on quicker because when you're younger, you don't have any bad habits and just learn so much quicker. Uh, but I, I think it's possible. I mean, honestly, in Excel, there's probably for, for, um, for baseball, there's four formulas. I, I, the form, my four go-to formulas I use all the time. So, um, it's once you learn those, once you learn the concept of Excel, you learn those formulas and you can put it all together, but like you, you, you can teach yourself. Without giving away the store, what can you tell more about those four formulas? Uh, the, well, the, the four functions, they're the, the, the index okay. matches some product. Um, and then it's just using the, those functions to build um, okay. build formulas, whether it's, uh, and then the regression in Excel tells me what, what is it Sierra? Is it XFIP? Is it FIP? Which one means the most? Is it K minus walk rate? Um, and most of the time it's an average of, of all of those. And <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, that, that's a good start. Um, I'm going to... You know, it's, the funny thing is, I, I feel like I'm a little intimidated sometimes when I see the work uh, you're doing with that, you know, Derek <laughs> does with all of his, his uh, programming and a lot of other people in this space. And it, it's pretty interesting to see, but uh, that's really good stuff. Before we move on and we talk about some of the players that we're sweating here down the stretch with Phil, a quick note from our friends at WinBet. There's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire. It's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner. WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states. Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W Y N N B E T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Phil Dussault. Phil is if you haven't heard yet, he's destroying us in the NFBC and all the events, including the uh, main event where he's first and third overall. He's winning all he's cashing in all of his leagues. So, you know, you, you've had to have some misses here. You know, everybody has some misses. Who let you down 
Who, who's the one player that you feel like you missed a little, at all? Um, I the, the big breakouts I had zero shares of. I have no Vlad. I have no Tani. Um, I have no Sal Perez. Um, wow. So the the big the big home run hitters I had zero shares of. Um, and it would have made my my life a lot easier if I did, uh, especially catchers. I'm usually on early catchers. A lot of I had a lot of Contreras, a lot of JTR, um, and no Sal Perez. So um, that that one would have helped because I've been chasing power on on a couple of teams. So I definitely could have used the uh, what is it, 48 home runs now. Are you going to go after Perez next year? Say if he goes in the third round. In the um, I think I'll do. I. Probably like Fred told you, take the discount on JTR. Um, just the, the problem with taking Sal in the third round, I was okay taking JTR in the third because you're getting stolen bases, probably eight to 10 more than, than the average catcher. But Sal, you're getting no no stolen bases. And um, I've I've made mistakes on guys like that. The Leo de Tiveras, the Nick Solak, uh, all those guys. When you try to find stolen bases in rounds 10 to 15, um, that's where you make mistakes. So um, I, I don't think I will. If there's a Rangers stolen base guy, we've all made a mistake on him, whether it's Tavares yeah. <laughs> or Delano DeShields Jr. in previous years. Uh, you know, by the way, blows my mind that a purported Reds uh, contending playoff team was giving quality at best to Delano DeShields yeah. Jr. And he actually was actually <laughs> doing okay for a while too. Uh, but uh, it's just, it's amazing to me. Uh yeah, and that's that's a tricky thing. Is going with the early catcher? I mean, it's such an opportunity cost for me. And yet, I, I've I've seen people make it work. You know, JTR was on a lot of winning teams last year. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of JTR last year. I think with JTR, it's easier because, like I say, you're getting the eight, ten, maybe even twelve stolen bases more than than any other catcher. So if if compared to an outfield where you can pretty easily get six, seven stolen bases later, it's as if you're getting sixteen to twenty. In the in the in the early third round, so um, that works with Sal. You're not you're not getting that. So um, I if if I get Sal, I'm guessing it's going to be in an auction where you can where I can build my team the way I want, and I can get more stolen bases early. Uh, but if if I want one or two aces, and I take Sal in in the third round, um, at least this year in the fourth, starting in the fourth round, I think after Rosarena, who is going early fourth. Um, he seemed to be the cutoff for, for safe stolen bases. So um, I think before that cutoff, you have to get 25, 30 stolen bases. Um, and when you're taking Sal there, it's it's harder to, to do. Let's talk about the concept of safe stolen bases because I think that's, you know, it's interesting. I know some people really put an emphasis on that in the early rounds and others, not as much. Uh, life is a lot easier if you get stolen base guys that do everything else, though, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I did some some research before the season started, and I said it on on the pole hitter podcast with, with Rob. Um, I think from I'm um, going off the top of my head, but I think from 2016 to 2019, um, the teams that were top 10 overall in the main event, about 35 out of those 40 had 25 stolen base in the first four rounds. Um, wow that they drafted, not even projected that they drafted. So, um, and the ones that didn't, um, I think one of them was Casey Chaw, who got uh, Victor Robles in the fifth or something like that. But um, it, it when I when I saw that, it told me, get your stolen bases early because they're hard to find late. Um, so I, I really try to focus on that, focus on aces early. Um, and then for saves, I've always been a closer early guy. Um, okay. At least 
one or two, one safe guy for sure. Um, and I try to get a second one. Um, this year in my, my top main overall team, um, my second guy was Rosenthal. So um, I've been chasing saves for three and a half months now. <laughs> at least this is a better, in a one way, it's hard to chase saves, but at least your your what you need to get by, what's acceptable is a lot lower because, you know, yeah. And that, that's one of the things like I'm going to do my targets article, you know, what do you need to get to 80th yeah. percentile in every category and saves are going to be as low as they've ever been. And that, that's the one thing I, I'm kind of interested to see what the numbers are going to show up as. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I sh- it should be fun uh, to, to see how that works out. But, you know, that necessarily means like a guy like Vlad is going to be tougher for you to draft, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. He's not generally the type of guy I target. Um, but it, it always depends where I like my starting pitching. So I always like to build my strategy around my starting pitching. Um, this year, I liked um, until Bauer, Giolito in the late first. I liked Scherzer, who moved up to uh, to early second round in the mains. Um, after that, I didn't like many guys until, until Gosman and Musgrove. Um, okay. Maybe Lance Lynn in there. Um, but that sort of forced me to pick a late spot and try either get um, – the Grom or Cole early, you try to uh, double tap the starters in in the late first. So um, next year, if I like more starters in, the, in third, fourth, fifth round, then it's easier to build um, build a strategy around Vlad early because uh, you know you can get your your aces. Uh, but you have to get stolen bases or um, or aces in the first two rounds, if not both. So um, it, it's just about. And I don't think we can find stolen bases late. So um, if I can find pitchers, I like third, fourth, fifth round, then, then Vlad's is an option. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. This used to be the Nolan Arenado problem. We always yeah. used to look at it from that standpoint. You or know, or your guy, Freddie Freeman. <laughs> great power, but just no speed. Or Freddie Freeman, yeah. Um, although Freeman is not a complete utter zero usually yeah, when it comes right. to stolen bases. Uh, this year, eight, for instance. That's that's not so bad, but yeah. there, it comes at a cost. He, he, he needs to hit 315 or 310 to justify the lack of stolen bases. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's, it, I've, I've, I've always, until this year, um, starting pitching has been sort of my struggle. Uh, but this year I figured out, so either I trust that, like this year in hindsight, I'd say, um, like knowing I'd hit on, on Ray Gosman, Musgrove, all those guys. Okay. I don't need aces. I'll, I'll grab Freddie Freeman. I'll grab a, a, a well, not flat, but, last year's ladder, whoever he was, um, in the first, second round, um, get my power in there. And I know I can get my, my top pitchers later, but, um, you never know if you can do that or not. If I do that, I may, I may next year, next year I'm in trouble. So, um, right. Right. And you, you nailed the pitchers this year. Now, the thing is there's people are going to look at your rosters. I mean, they're yeah. going to look at the overall <laughs> standings. They're going to click through, they're going to see your rosters. They're going to see, okay, he had this guy and this guy. Okay. I see this trend. What does he see in them? They're going to kind of pick your your, your teams apart. You know this. How yeah, are you going to maintain your edge? <laughs> um, well, the good news is I don't even know who I'll be drafting next year. Uh, I have to redo all my formulas. Like I told you, my formulas were based on two months. Now I've got a full season. So i got to redo everything. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll probably find out in mid-February who uh, which guys I'm on. So um, until then, I'll be uh replying on twitter based on my own opinion but i have no idea what what my formula is going to tell me uh for next year um i I do know some of my if i do early drafts they're going to find their way on twitter somehow so 
Um, I'll have to be careful. About, you're about a man. You used to be able to go in stealthily, and now that you're you're like Casey Cha, everyone's going to be watching to see what you do. Yeah, we also had those Casey Cha draft boards uh, last year. So um, uh, I, I know Craig Kimbrell moved up because uh, Casey Cha was on him last year. So sure. Um, I it, it's going to be it's going to be a different challenge next year and having everyone look at look at what I'm doing. But it's you're going to be, be the new Lindy. That's it. That, Lindy <laughs> was the original of that, you know. And still, you know, the original king. I mean, come on, main event and online championship in the same year. It's still crazy yeah, yeah. to think about. Uh, and now here you are doing the same thing, and then you're doing it with volume two. You're playing a lot more leagues this year than you did in the past too, right? Uh, yeah, my, my limit's always been uh, five, five. Last year I did six fab leagues. It was the uh, the short season. This year my, my limit's five, um, just because with with, uh, with three kids, I get three hours for fab on Sunday night, and I can't do more than five teams. Otherwise, it, it, uh, it I just get, I'd have to skip some steps, which which I don't want to do. Um, yeah. And then, but yeah, I ended up with uh, twenty two leagues mainly because the. Um, the new best ball contest on, on an FBC. I did run a bunch of those where I just draft and don't have to worry about setting lineups or anything else. So, um, yeah, that's huge. And you know, it, we'll, we'll talk fab in a second, but that takes up just so much time if you're doing yeah. it right. So absolutely. Uh, before we do that though, quick note from our friends at vivid seats, the summer is coming to an end, which means we only have a few more days left until postseason baseball. There's no better place to be than vivid seats to watch your team race towards the postseason. So grab your MLB tickets, maybe a stadium hot dog or two, and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Even better, they have a rewards program designed to provide real rewards for fans. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game, to see your favorite performer, or that new show everyone is talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. My uh, Tuesday co-host partner, uh, Fred Zinke, did use Vivid Seats. He's going to the Jays game tonight so uh, and had a very positive experience so far. So check it out, out vividseats.com. My guest, Phil Dussault, he's crushing us in the NFBC main event, in the NFBC auction event, um, and, and he does best ball leagues. Now, that's a different animal. You, you know, you played a bunch of those leagues, and you're doing well in those too. You know, obviously, they're, 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 it's a slightly different draft strategy. You don't have to worry about categories there. How are you doing so well in those? Um, it's the same player valuation, um, formulas that I use for everything else, um, just converted them to points. And then, um, it's, it, it kind of, it, it sort of felt like fantasy football, I guess, where you just rank the players based on points and then you draft the first guy on your list. Um, and then mixing in based on ADP, if you think someone's going to be available the next round, but, um, but yeah, not really worrying about positions. If you grab five starters in the first five rounds it doesn't really matter uh you'll get your points there you'll get less points from hitting so they're a lot easier to draft um and what the first roto draft i did it was kind of hard to go to switch from best ball to, to roto um that's why i don't like to do both at the same time because then when you start drafting roto oh yeah i have to worry about stolen bases oh yeah i have to get my stolen base early oh yeah i have to oh yeah saves yeah you don't worry about those in best ball. So right. um, that's liberating, isn't it? It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's why it was kind of like light fun drafting for, uh, for January and February, uh, just drafting players, not worry about any, anything else. And then uh, come mid February, just um, focus on analyzing categories, see where, where the, the soft spots are for, for different categories and try to target those. Let's talk fab. Uh, 
Fab, as you alluded, it, it's a time-consuming process. Hours, and you know, five leagues for you know three hours for five leagues. That's a lot of time. <laughs> How do you start the process when you're doing your Fab Attack? Um, I have my my spreadsheet um, that I update. Usually, that takes me forty-five minutes to an hour. Um, updating um, a lot of it's. I mean, I have my my formulas on there. You don't have to do it that way, but it's similar to um, what Rudy does over at Rasball, uh, but just my own for for the upcoming week, and I have the rest of the season. So, first thing I do is I look at my team, see which guys I want to drop. Um, I have the sure drops and the maybe drops, um, and then the sure drops, and I'll I'll see. If I have to replace them, um, if I, I'll look at the, the coming week, um, is my starting pitching set? Okay, yeah, I have nine guys, uh, so I'm good there. And then hitters, okay, I have two guys that are playing just two games on Monday, Thursday. Okay, that's a maybe upgrade. Um, and then I'll just look rest of season where I can upgrade. Uh, I spend a lot of time looking at uh, playing time trends. Um, so if, um, like, for instance, this week, uh, Jose Iglesias, uh, he's been playing every day for the Red Sox. They're in Baltimore playing three games. I'll, if I'm looking for an upgrade in, in the Monday, Thursday, I'll pick up a guy like that. Um, okay. So it's it's a lot of a lot of small things like that, which um, Iglesias might go two for twelve this week, but it, it's the small upgrades where at the end of the year those things add up. Um, and then this year. Um, like on, on my best main, I had Iglesias my top closer, and then Rosenthal was my second. Uh, so starting in probably mid June, I was chasing saves. If if I wanted to have a shot, the overall I had to find saves. So out of my three hours, I probably spent forty five minutes looking at um, box scores in the past week. I look I'm at miserable. It, it's <laughs> just it, yeah, looking at the Rays. Okay, yeah, Rays. Forget it. I'll cross them off, but. Um, <laughs> okay, Orioles. Okay, who's their guy in the ninth? Okay, so maybe Solcer got the save, but um, he got it because um, it was a tie game in the ninth, and Wells came in and Solcer got the save in the tenth. Okay, so um, Wells is my guy, not Solcer. So it was things like that where I just try to find the, the guy, and then the trade deadline um, that took a lot more than 45 minutes, but looking at contracts, looking to see who might get traded. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, the deadline I hit on, on Floro and, and Finnegan um, before they went for a lot more the, the week after. So um, saving money there. Um, I think that's a great point there. Uh, is you know, try to get that the week. You know, try yeah. to anticipate the trade deadline, uh, especially for closers, because you're there's always going to be relievers traded, right? Yeah, and yeah. so that's always a, that's a, you know I probably should do more of that as well. Uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Ryan Roof. He does a good job of that on our closer grid at RotoWire, and he's been doing a lot of stuff on that. Use that, folks. Just you know, you use, you know, you you, you know. I, I think the prep work is so important on that one there. So that led you to Kyle Finnegan too, right? Yeah, yeah. Kyle Finnegan was was the guy I got. Uh, I've been attached to him for the past uh, was it two months now. Um, it was just funny because I it started. I have a, a chat with with Rob and uh, Rob DiPietro and Steve Weimer. Um, and it started, I think, on Sunday morning. I was looking at who might get traded. Noticed Hudson and um, Brad Hand were free agents, and the, the Nats were talking about trading Scherzer. Uh, but if they're trading Scherzer, they're going to trade Hudson and Hand as well. And I noticed Finnegan. Uh, he's been the seventh inning guy, pitching okay, closing experience. He seemed to be the next guy in line. Um, and then I bid on $2, and then myself and Rob out of thousands of teams in the NFBC were the only two people who added him. Um, 
So that, that was kind of funny when we saw that. And we didn't even bid a dollar because we thought, oh, other people are going to be on him. We have to go 2 or $3 for, for, for Kyle Finnegan. But uh, no one even thought about him. Um, that's why I feel kind of uh, – <laughs> he's probably the guy I've watched the most over the past two months just because of that story being the only guy on Kyle – the only person on, on right. Kyle Finnegan on that weekend. <laughs> and it hasn't all been like – rainbows and candy uh, with him. I mean, he's had some uh, bad outings here and there, but still you've got your nine, 10 saves. And that's the thing that's been been so huge about that there. And we're agonizing over every single save, every, you know, you know, jumping on like who's on the giant situation this week. uh, You know, all everybody that's got Tyler Rogers pulling their hair out right now. Uh, (laughs) But that's, that's the beauty and also the misery of Roto baseball. Yeah, and that's what, one of the things that played out this year is the the people who spent on on early saves uh, regretted that the the two three hundred dollars on Merriweather on um, was it Trevino at some point he he was okay for a while, um, yep. but like the the guys that got 10, 15 saves in in March uh, sorry in April and May um, were going for hundred plus two hundred in Fab, and then come June July I was getting guys for 20 30 bucks uh ranger suarez when he became the closer was going for 25 30 bucks in fab um so that's like a 90 percent discount on the uh on the early season prices um but this year played out like this but we don't know if next year's gonna be like that um right so that that's gonna like if, if the season plays out like it did this year i'll draft one closer and then wait and then pound on on, fab, on the closers in fab in uh june july august um uh, but it might not work out that way, especially if they, right. if they go with the expanded playoffs in the, in the new CBA. Um, there won't be as many closes straight at the deadline as, as it were this year. So That's um, a good point. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of what happens with the CBA, what happens when, for that matter, when we have, yeah. <laughs> when we have a season. Because I think there's a, probably a reasonable chance that we're going to have a delayed start to the season. I don't want to get too into the muck on that one there, but I'm not looking forward to the offseason. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I'm I, I Mr. Positive. I, I hope they uh, that they work something out. That the latest offer sort of gave me hope that the that the floor and the cap were too low, but at least that the the, the frame of the offer sort of made sense. Um, but whether the the MLB is willing to, willing to move more in, in the players' direction um, remains to be seen. But at least it, the framework seems to be sort of there. It they just need to throw. Couple, yeah, we'll I, I, <laughs> I'm skeptical of the framework, even too. I think it was pretty cynical, but that's just me. But I'm I'm a cynical guy, so perhaps. <laughs> uh, you're talking to how you start off. You have your sure drop, your maybe drop pile. Which which pair, pile was Degrom in when you dropped him? He was in the maybe pile. Right. Um, the, the, you the, dropped him ahead of everybody else. You yeah. were you were a first mover on that one. Yeah. Um, the, the biggest thing is I, at, at that point, I was doing great. In, I was in the overalls, probably top 10 in, in ratios, wins, uh, and strikeouts. Um, so I needed saves and stolen bases. So every guy that I could drop, um, that could give me an extra stolen base guy uh, or an extra closer um, was worth it. And what I needed was insurance just in case um, Rodon got hurt or one of my other starters. And the Grom was an insurance. He was he was a, a home run pick, and I didn't need that. I needed the insurance, so that's why I took Suarez, who I figured they're moving him to the rotation. Um, he might not be great, but at least he's going to give me innings um, within three or four weeks. 
Um, right. So they, for my team, that's what made the most sense. But on other teams, I, I might have hung on to the Grom. It was um, it was case by case for for what what worked for for that team at that point. You also recently dropped Bueller in one of your leagues too. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I know Fred, Fred asked you that um, <laughs> on the on the Tuesday Tuesday pod. Um, when I made that drop, I was uh, that was three weeks ago. I was top five overall in in uh, K's wins, Yari, and Whip on that team. Uh, and I had Robbie Ray, I had Webb, I had Musgrove, uh, Gosman, and Cease as well. So um, I needed to find relievers and closers. So I just kept three starters. And since Bueller was in course last week, um, he he was. I I, I kept um, Ray and Musgrove both had uh, two start weeks, and uh, Webb. He's just been hot and had decent matchups, so it just made sense to keep those three guys and, and drop everyone else. And I think that's a, that's a great takeaway is you were dispassionate about that. You you looked at it from, like, the number of starts. You looked at it from an analogical standpoint as opposed to just, oh, my God, it's Walker Bueller. How can you do something <laughs> now? That's why I made the drop uh, two weeks ago and not five weeks ago, though. Uh, yeah. it, it's It's been like that for a while where I should drop. I mean, I don't need starters. I need to find – but. I can't drop Walker Pueller. has been so I I, I figure I, I just hang on until I really didn't need him and I dropped three guys at the same time. I dropped Gosman, Bueller, and Cease. Um Indeed. all right. Uh we gotta do one more ad here. Uh and then we'll talk about some players we're sweating this week and take some uh, we have a bunch of questions. We'll hit those up as well. Uh the new NFL season is underway and Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contests now being shark free. To celebrate the beginning of the football season and Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo has a million, $1 million DFS football contest live. The $1 million contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and an entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. Big thanks to Yahoo there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And big thanks to our Blue Wire Network sponsors as well. Uh, as always... People know here, my guest here is Phil Dussault. Uh, He is crushing the NFBC this year. Phil, who are we sweating this week? Who are the guys that are key to you these last four days of the season? Um, the main event I'm, I'm starting to feel pretty good about. Um, I, I need a bad weekend to, 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 to lose that. So I don't want to jinx myself, but I'm feeling pretty good about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, the auction championship, I need a home run. So I have uh, Tatis and Votto are my two big big power guys on, on that team. So. Um, hopefully they, they hopefully Votto plays again uh, this week. I know he sat yesterday. Um, and then the, the the one where I'm sort of hoping and dreaming is the online championship where I'm third right now, uh, about 440 point 440 points back of, uh, of Chris Fessler, who's first. Um, and that's the one I if I want to get the, the Lindy uh, with the main in the online, um, that that's the one I need to win. It's going to be tough. I'm I'm all behind, but um, I have. Robbie Ray, Gilito, Kershaw, uh, Ranger Suarez, and Dylan Cease, uh, who are all supposed to pitch in the next uh, three, four days. So um, probably need something like uh, 30, 35 innings of sub two ERA to have a shot to, to catch up the first. But um, it's it's nice to dream and hope. So they're well, it's the starting pitching categories is where you can gain the most in that one. Huh? Yeah, if I can gain some 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 ratios, some wins, then the hitting maybe a, a hundred point or so. Um, I have. An outside chance, uh, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll be keeping keeping an eye on those guys, and I'll be cheering for for the for the Jays. I'm not an, an avid Jays fan, but I get um, when they're when they have a chance to make the playoffs, or if they're in the playoffs, I've uh, become a big Jays fan. Um, okay, there you them. go. So, um, I just find it hard during the season. I find it hard to have a team to cheer for, and then all my guys and all all, all those different teams. Um, but when the Jays can make the playoffs, I'll. Uh, so tonight uh, with Robbie Ray, who I have on that team, and then to give a chance, the Jays the chance, I'll uh, I'll be watching that game. Yeah, that that is going to be a massive game uh, there for sure. And it, you know, there's a possibility we could have tiebreaker games too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, I'm hoping there's no tiebreaker. So I want it to be done on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, 
I know the NFBC won't have Fab on Sunday, even if there are the tiebreaker games. But the games will count if I break. Yeah, right. yeah. It, the losing losing a contest on Monday would be tough. Uh, with uh, well, winning it would be pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I guess it depends who plays. I have I have a lot of Jays, but um, not too many Yankees, uh, Red Sox, or Mariners. So um, it's probably if if the Jays play an extra game, it, it might it might be good. Uh, the Mariner, the Mariners are probably the one. That, the one team I want to drop, I drop uh, out of the race. Um, yeah, but that such a it's so wild to see them there. Uh, the, the negative run differential, and yet they're at like minus forty eight. But you yeah. know, eighteen games over five hundred, nineteen games over five hundred. It, it, it's it's pretty wild. I'm happy for Seattle that they're getting a sweat, uh, just because they haven't made the playoffs in so long. But uh, their, their bullpen's been amazing. Uh, yeah. with, with Seawall's second rider, even after trading Graveman, uh, they got Castillo and. Um, yeah, they they've been their bullpen has been solid. So that's why when they're behind, they, they lose games by a bunch of runs. But, but when they're up by about a run, they bring in those guys and they they win they win every game. So um, yeah, I've got Seawald in one of my mains, and I've been I was trying to get, steal a couple of more saves, but he's been pitching the eighth this week. So yeah, unfortunately, it's been second rider. Yeah, I have Seawald in a couple of teams, and I even dropped second rider I think two weeks ago because it it had been uh, Seawald and Castillo. So I. Second rider looked like the guy in seventh or eighth, and now he's getting the save. So I think it it, it might be Seawall this weekend. They 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 seem to go back and forth. Uh, probably matchups that we don't understand. Um, it it just seems random, but I figured that there's there has to be something behind it. Yeah, I think it's also it's just like he you know I think service often goes in the moment. Like if this is yeah. the key out I need, I'm going to Seawall, and then we'll let second rider close that game. Yeah, um, that's true. I, yeah. I think that's what's happened, and you know. I, I, it's hard to get upset about that when it's the right move baseball wise. I mean, it's hard to get mad at the race too much because what their stuff works, obviously. Uh, yeah. But but we can still get mad. At it. <laughs> That's how it goes. Um, all right, let's let's jump into these questions. As I, I got a lot of a lot more questions than I usually get. A lot of your competitors. Well, I think a lot of them <laughs> are comments too. Guilds asks, uh, "How can I catch him in the OC?" Uh, well. You catch him if his if uh, I guess if your pitching doesn't work out. I guess yeah, be exactly. Yeah, um, Rob Silver. Uh, we've all seen. Yeah, <laughs> where is your computer password? What is your home address? <laughs> and then a number of other yeah, goes on from there. Uh, Tony asks, would love to hear him talk about how he went went about learning for and building his system and how it's evolved over time. Uh, do you think you'll be able, and do you think this is repeatable? Um, not as good as this. I'm aware this was like a dream season where everything worked and the following the short season probably gave me an edge over a lot of, um, say old school players. Um, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll keep working on my formulas. I think, I think I, I might still have an edge over the rest, but it's it this season, the dream season. I don't think it's happening again, at least for me. Yeah. That, but you can, but that does, you don't have to repeat that to, yeah. to still be a successful season though. Uh, I, I, you feel like you've built a good foundation though for subsequent, uh, for su subsequent seasons. Yeah. I mean, like I have to redo the formulas, like I said, but the main, I mean, they're all going to be based on the last three years of research. So I already know what to look at. It's just that the factors and what, what is it? 0.5 is it 0.75 or whatever it is. Um, but like that the framework is there. So I, I'm pretty confident that I'll, I'll keep having, uh, at least uh, a good level of success at, at this game. Very good. Uh, Jeff Zimmerman asks, Ian Happ, 
what the hell happened? Do you think uh, he'll be back in next season? Oh, uh, Ian Happ. Um, it, it, it was just so frustrating for him because he was, he was horrible for three weeks, and then he turned into a platoon guy, and then he dropped in the order. Um, but for a guy with, like, 1,200 plate appearances of a good track record, um, being dropped in the lineup and turning into platoon guys of three bad weeks. Um, that was just frustrating. And then magically the trade deadline gets starts playing every day and he's good again. So um, I think a lot of it was, um, I mean, he was bad, but um, David Ross was impatient with him. Um, will I be back? I like the skills, but I mean, I don't trust him to stay in the lineup if he struggles again for two, three weeks. Uh, right. To start the year. So um I'll probably try to avoid uh, borderline um, Cubs starters um, just because Cubs starting hitter. Sorry, um, just because I, I don't trust how how uh, David Ross is going to manage manager playing time. Sure, I can see that uh, he doesn't get to face the Reds every week. Crying out loud, uh, <laughs> that, that was wild to see how he just owned us. But anyways, I still say us. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm a bad end part of the team. Yeah. <laughs> Drew says, seems like Phil put a lot of thought into when he drafted and what leagues he played in. What went into the decision-making of which NFBC leagues you joined? Um, a, a lot, a couple of, of them were set. They only have one draft time for the mains. Um, I mean, I tried, like everyone, to avoid Casey Chaw, uh, Tyler Jong, the big players, and I, I picked at the times that were left. And um, also, they want to draft again against uh, my friends. So, um avoiding those and it didn't it didn't leave many draft slots so uh, that's where there, I you go. there you go <laughs> you have you're gonna have a lot more friends now too that, that it's gonna be even more difficult for you to do that you're gonna end up with some yeah and people are running away from me in in leagues next year so uh i'll probably have to jump in when there's when there's 13 or 14 out of 15 next year yeah it'll be tricky it'll be tricky <laughs> uh anthony says there was there one or more do, new di, new slash different things you did last year or this year that helped you evaluate better than before i guess you were talking about you know doing the two-month sample is there any other is there a stat that you might have examined a little bit more than you had in the past um i looked a lot i found i developed a formula based on on pitch mix um figure out which pitchers which starting pitchers made a change in in their pitch mix the previous year and that that's the the probably spent I'd say 10 hours in that formula alone because it's hard, something hard to do in a formula that people um, just look at and you have to go one pitcher at a time. Um, but I was happy when I found that formula. That, um, so there's a couple of guys I was on this year um, that others were on because they found a change in their picks, pitch mix, but um, just having an formula made it easier. Very good. Rob, uh, Deadpool hitter, uh, who we've talked, both of us have been on his and had, and I've had him on mine as well. Will you ever consider drafting Pete Alonzo? <laughs> um, generally, I find those high power bats with just decent average and no stolen bases, they seem to get overdrafted. Um, so unless the market changes on those players, um, it's it's unlikely that I'll be on. Uh, or if, if Pete becomes a 280 or 290 hitter and starts stealing six, seven uh, bases, then it, it might change. But um, he's not that guy for now. So um Unlikely for next year. <laughs> All right. Very good. Uh, Ariel Cohen, amazing player, great analyst in our industry. As what, what was your auction strategy this year? Because, I mean, that's a completely different animal. And you're winning that, too. We haven't spent nearly enough time talking about your auction league. Yeah, the, the auction was tough because I did it um, over Zoom. Um, Rob was in New York uh, putting the bids in for me. Uh, and I was doing it over Zoom. Um, 
sharing my screen with them uh, and pointing at players, highlighting players, highlighting big typing bid numbers. Uh, but I, I'm a, a big uh, Stars and Scrubs guy. Um, this year I spent on Tatis, Gilito, and Bauer on that team. And then uh, some second level, Gaussman, Kettle Marte, JTR. Um, but one of the big things is instead of settling for the $1 guys that were left, um, I paid up between 2 and 8 or $10 to the guys I liked. Kind of like Fred told you in, in his uh, in his tout NL auction. Um, yeah. When you settle for the $1, it, it's the same thing. Like when you're in round 20 of a draft, if you're you're taking the guy you like, and in an auction, that guy can take two or three, can, talk, can cost two or $3. Um, in round 20 in a draft, there might be two guys like out of 15. Um, so that's kind of, if you uh, put that in auction terms, you're paying up for the two or $3 guy instead of selling for whoever's left. Um, so that's kind of what I tried to do this year. Uh, get my guys. I missed on a lot of them, but I got um, Votto for cheap, Robbie Ray for $4, uh, Mount Castle for seven or eight, something like that. Uh, missed a lot of um, on, on a bunch of other guys, but um, hit it on four or five. Uh, big that names. means you I, had to have enough money to be able to do that, though. So you you must have withheld from a certain tier then, too, right? Yeah, the the, the twenty two thirty five dollar guys are the ones that they that the I guess the yeah I guess mid second round until um, mid second third and fourth round are probably the guys I avoided. Um, there the, the the second level starts, but I, I I ended up paying up for and then the one thing I like to do also is I, I like to diversify for my other teams. And if, if I was picking top three, I was taking Colder de Grom. Um, so, but I really like Tatis. So it was a way to get um, Tatis on a team. Um, so, um, and then same thing for catchers. It was a way to get JTR without having to um, sacrifice a prime spot for, for a, a 20 stolen base guy. So um, yeah, it's, it's sort of mixing um, the first diversifying for my other teams, but I always mean, um stars and sort of scrubs i guess right right that makes sense there i'm i'm blown away you're you're winning the auction championship and yet you you have bauer i mean it's it shows <laughs> that things can go wrong you know the, the, at least it wasn't like he had bad performance while he was active so i mean you had that going for you so that that was nice um gonna run keep running through this here but we gotta I, I just appreciate all these awesome questions uh which format? This is Brian Seymour. It says, uh, which format do you feel provides your biggest edge, and why? Was it, is it DCs? Is it auction? Main event? Best ball? What, what format are you best at? I'd say the main event, um, just because I guess the more the more decisions you have to make, the bigger an edge I feel I can get. Um, so in the main event, where it's where you have to to look deeper at the player pool uh, and then do fab all year, um, that's where I can find the the, the Kyle Finnegan's, the Ranger Suarez um or someone dropping joy Votto when he gets hurt and picking up for for 10 bucks um right put him on your bench for two weeks and get 25 more months from him um things like that um uh, things like that are what makes the difference between the team that finishes on uh, the top five overall or finishes 30 40 or 50th overall um just small pickups like that and sometimes it's just luck there's someone in your league dropping Votto and he was a guy i liked the in draft season um so um yeah, I'd say the main event. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, hey, we're running out of time. I got to hit to SiriusXM right now. But, Phil, this has been amazing. I wish I could I could keep talking to you for another hour. <laughs> uh, 
I have so many things to talk about, but I want to appreciate you taking some time with us. Congrats on such an amazing season so far. Good luck finishing it off. Um, and are we going to get you out at first pitch Arizona someday? Uh, probably not with the, with the three kids, I got, I get one trip a year and uh, the plan is uh, Vegas next year. So I, I, oh, I save my, I save my uh, yeah, I save my yearly trip for that. So hopefully the, the border is open and then the restrictions are, are limited and I can, I can make it there in, in March. Sounds like a plan. Sounds, sounds awesome. All right, everybody. That's Phil DeSoe. Uh Follow him on Twitter. Uh, you know, give give him give him a follow, and of course, maybe you know, get those nuggets there. You can get them at Phil DeSoe twenty seven, and uh, I'll be tweeting it. I'll, and when I link out the episode, I'll make sure to include his Twitter address there, so you can check that out. Um, really, really enjoyed the conversation, Phil. It's I learned a lot, and it's fun just talking baseball. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was uh, like I said, it was a dream to to come on this podcast. So. Uh... Thanks for having me. It was great. Of course, you bet. I'm uh, happy to happy to do it. There, uh, we got Scott and I are going to do one final uh, Sunday night wrap up the season podcast. But want to thank everybody for listening all season long. Want to thank WinBet for their sponsorship. W Y N N B E T. And if you're in one of those six states that can use WinBet, please do so. We are going to sign off now. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.